Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Trey, and I'm joined today by my lovely, lovely co-host, Jagger. Jagger, how are you doing today? I am great. So, uh, quickly, um, I know in an upcoming episode we're going to say it's our first time doing video, but we recorded that in advance, and then there was problems. We're getting there. We're getting there. But... If you're listening to this now and you would like to see us talk for real, our YouTube channel is Average Film Enjoyer, and as of when you are hearing this slash seeing this, this has already been up on YouTube. So you can go yeah. watch this right now. You can convert to watching it, whatever you want. Yeah. It's great. Oh, everything just shook. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Please go check us out on YouTube. Uh, we're going to try to start a new uh, section on our podcast where we respond to, like, uh, people's questions or comments, anything film-related, really. Um, so please leave us a like on YouTube. Subscribe to our channel. We post episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Um, and leave us a comment. Um, anything related to the episode or movie-related that you want to hear us talk about, leave us a comment, and we'll try to get to it. Um, uh, so as, as our... Uh, listeners that are either rejoining us today for our first time listeners we have been doing a series where we are working through the imdb top 250 list now today we were supposed to have on um seth's film reviews seth from seth's film reviews uh from tiktok fame and uh real talk he's on the real talk podcast please go check him out he has great content some really really fun movie content go check out the real talk podcast they didn't ask us to say this but they have an amazing podcast. It's something I've been listening to a long time. Um, and they they really know what they're... And they're not pretentious either, which is something I really like. You get a lot of guys out there who are like pretentious film bros. And they're just like guys who like film. Um, kind of like us. So go check them out. They're really good. Uh, but yeah, we were supposed to have him on today. But he is experiencing some technical difficulties with his computer. Uh, so we will be having him on... Uh, I believe, hopefully, the episode will be dropped Friday. Um, so you guys can be looking forward to that. And then Tuesday, uh, and for Friday, we're reviewing uh, 400 Blows. So if you want to watch that before we review it, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, and then Monday, if you want to watch It Happened One Night, starring Clark Gable, the fa Frank Capra film from 1934. We are reviewing that. We recorded that episode yesterday. Uh, and honestly, I think that's one of the best episodes we ever recorded. Uh, I think Jagger's in agreement. We had uh, Film Gunch on from TikTok. Um, super knowledgeable guy. Super uh, well spoken. He was just he was a, a yeah yeah. He's a very well spoken gentleman. We had some unbelievable conversation. Uh, the runtime came in twice as long as our longest <laughs> episode, be because we just were like talking and we were having a good time with each other and we were. I, it was just, yeah, it was an amazing episode. So please, on Monday or Tuesday, you can look forward to that. That episode will be dropping. Uh, we are very excited for that one. Um, but yeah, leave us, leave a, if you like our podcast, leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening. Like, subscribe, and comment on our YouTube. Please, we, we love the support. We love all you that have been supporting us through this journey. Um, we are getting more and more support every podcast, which has been me and Jagger were talking about this before. It's just, it's just been super cool. Um, and we've got a big, that, we've got a big journey ahead of us. It's not like this journey's yes, ending anytime soon. Long haul. Yeah. <laughs> um, so since Seth couldn't join us today, uh, we're going to do a little quick episode for you. Probably, I don't know, this will be 20 or 30 minutes. Um, we are each going to go through our top 25 film, favorite films of all time. Um, I want to preface this by saying I threw this list together in about 20 minutes. Uh, this is, and I have a lot of movies that I just haven't logged uh, on here. These are all the five stars that I've logged. So I, and I tried to do my best. I feel it's pretty accurate to my actual top 25. I feel like it's like actually my top 25, uh, but some stuff is out of order. Some stuff I still need to think about a little bit. Um, so please bear with us. But uh, Jagger, would you like to kick it off uh, with your 25 to 21 uh, rankings? Um, yeah, 25 to 21. Uh, so I'm going to try and talk a little bit about my picks, but I'm not really going in depth until top 10, I'd say is fair. Yeah, for sure. 
So for number 25, I've got Napoleon Dynamite. I have a huge, huge history with this movie. I watched it in, I think, first or second grade. A friend showed it to me, and I was laughing so hard. I've always been a big fan of the awkward humor, and I think that this does that masterfully. Um, and yeah, that's my number 25. My number 24 is a movie that I talked about in the episode with Gunch. It is Mulholland Drive. It's a mind-bending masterpiece. Um, I would say probably my favorite Lynch film. Um, I have not seen all of his movies, so I can't really definitively say it, but I wouldn't say that's exactly a hot take. Uh, I feel like a lot of people love Mulholland Drive, and I think it is amazing. Um, yeah. And number 23, I have Pulp Fiction, a movie that Quentin Tarantino said he started with the song Miserloo because he said if you start a movie with a great song, and he said specifically a hectic song, you have to match mm-hmm. that with a great movie and a hectic movie. And, and what, that's exactly did, what he he did he do? He made yeah. a incredible movie that I had someone ask me today, what's it about? And I said, I... I can't explain it. <laughs> There's so much yeah. going on that you just yeah. you just got to yeah. watch it and find out. Um, next, I have number 22, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, 80s comedy at almost its peak. More 80s comedy is coming. Um, and then at number 21, in my opinion, one of my favorite horror films. It's so great. The Exorcist. Child acting yeah. At its finest. So good. So good. I just want to say, you know what's funny is, I, I I, mean, we're both huge horror guys. Like, I consider horror my favorite genre. I love horror movies. I only have, I think, two horror movies in my top 25. Um, really? Really? Yeah, I only have two in here. Um... But it's because I regard these other movies so highly. And again, I want to preface this by saying, if you don't agree with the top th- our top 25s, these are our favorites. It's fine. It's it's our opinion. It's what we love. Uh, and that's the great thing about cinema is it's art. It doesn't matter. It, there's nothing good and there's nothing bad. It's what you love. It's totally and, subjective. And there's a lot of things on my exactly. list that people would really disagree with. That comes at around the 10 range. But yeah. I honestly, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to agree with some of the stuff that I say, and that's fine. Um, my lack of inclusion on anything Scorsese—that's gonna bother some people. But yeah, we don't want to give away too many spoilers. Yeah, but I like to have fun with a movie, and you'll really, really see that. So yeah. yeah. All right, yeah, so now I'm going to go into my 20, 25, 21 uh, picks. So at my number 25, I put Tron Legacy. I think this movie is immaculate. I think this is one of the most visually stunning pieces of media I've ever witnessed. Um, this movie came out, uh, what year did this come out? 2010, I believe. 2010, um, 2010 for Tron Legacy, right? right around, yeah, yeah, right yeah. around that period. Um, the CGI was extremely ahead of its time. The CGI looks absolutely stellar, even for today's standards. I think this is the most criminally underrated film of all time. Uh, you have a banger soundtrack. You have awesome CGI. You have great story. You have great. Uh, you have a really solid script. Um, and I know it has its flaws, but I just I love it so much. It's it's so good. Um, coming in at my number 24 is uh, the Western classic Tombstone. Um, I know a lot of people, I, I don't particularly love Westerns. Um, I haven't seen too many, I've, but, um, I, well, I guess I have two in my top 25. Okay, never mind. I like Westerns. Um, but Tombstone, it's a true story. You got, you got a stacked cast for the 90s. You got Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer. I mean, you just have an absolute stellar cast. It's about Wyatt Earp. There's some, uh, I mean, there's some great performances. Val Kilmer gives an outstanding performance. Um, And it's just, it's a good time. It's, it feels like, it feels like a, it kind of feels like a superhero movie. You're just like, and it's, or like a John Wick type deal or something like that. It's just like a fun action movie. 
um, that I personally really enjoyed. Now, coming in at number 23, um, in my opinion, the second best superhero film of all time is Batman the Dark Knight. Um, Batman the Dark Knight, I don't feel like I have to explain myself. This movie is an all-timer for a lot of people. Um, Heath Ledger gives top three performance of all time. Uh, he gives the greatest, uh, not the greatest villain, he gives the second best villain performance of all time. Um, I have the number one in my list a little bit later, and I'm sure Jagger does as well. Um, yeah, it's it's just an unbelievable uh, film. And to follow that with another Christopher Nolan, I have Interstellar, which, Jagger, did you ever finish that? No. <laughs> I feel like three hours... I know three hours is hard, and I need to restart it. I need to watch it all the way through, and, like, you know, things going on. Three hours is hard, but I will do it. I'll do yeah. it. It's it's peak. It's so good. I have Interstellar at number 22. Yes, it definitely has its problems with uh, script and writing, as do all Christopher Nolan movies. That is not his strong point. But I feel like the the cinematography and, and the visual effects – and, and Matthew McConaughey's acting, and one of the best scores, debatably, in the history of cinema, I feel like that all outweighs that and, and really makes this movie just fly by. Um, and then at number 21, um, I have a, re a just recent first-time watch for me, uh, my first of the Cornetto trilogy, something I absolutely adored and was laughing the entire time. I have hot fuzz. Um, I thought this was so funny. I haven't seen, I need to see the rest of the Cornetto trilogy. Um, like World's End, I believe it's called. Um, and Shaun of the uh, Dead. Um, but I, I absolutely adored this movie. Jack, you're making a face like you're judging me for having this in my top 25. I'm wondering what your thoughts are on Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz I haven't seen in a while. I watched it at some point. I don't remember liking it. Um, it's been it's been yeah. a minute. So I it's, it's so the comedy I think it's very British. You know, in the way we <laughs> talked about Life of Brian, Life of Brian is very very British. But I don't know what it was about this movie, but I was just giggling the entire time. I thought it was so so funny. Um, yeah, and I and I'm I need to I'm come back to it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm also a huge fan of Edgar Wright's directing style. Um, uh, he's, like, as far as, like, style of directing, he's up there with Tarantino for me. I just love the way he directs his movies. Um, so, yeah, that's my number 21. Jagger, why don't you take us through your number 20 through 16? All right, can I quickly ask you, do you like Scott Pilgrim versus The World? I have not seen it. Okay. You just saved yourself from I a lot of debate. I have it at two and a half stars. Would gladly boot it down to one. I hate it. Okay. Well, now I'm going to have to watch it so I can come on here and tell you why you're wrong. Really, really, really. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to watch it first. From clips I've seen, I think I would enjoy it. Maybe not as much as other people do. A lot of people praise that movie as like one of yeah. their faves. I see five, um, five, four, I and really enjoy it. Um, Can I quickly so show I'll you? To, I'll have to oh. that I watch. Let me show you what comes up with my mutuals. Five, five, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half, five, three and a half, four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. And I have. I'm sitting yeah. here at two and a half. It was like. Two. I think it's the same thing. I think it's the same thing with like the Raimi trilogy, right? A lot of people have that rated really highly because of nostalgia. And I think a lot of our mutuals had that rated really highly because they were young when that movie came out and they saw it. And it's there's definitely a nostalgia component to it. Like there's a lot of movies in here that I have in because of nostalgia, like Tron. Tron is in here because of nostalgia. Yeah. Tron is also so great. I, think, I mean, it is so good. It is so good. Yeah. Um, all right. Do you want to go through uh, your 20 through 16? All right. Yeah. This is just a set of bangers. This is just great movies. You got 2001 A Space Odyssey, which is one of my favorite Kubricks. And I could just list off all the Kubrick movies and say that's my top 25. Um, 
Yeah. I love Kubrick. He's great. And I know that sounds prestigious, but his movies are just banger after banger. Um, yeah, he's to- an amazing filmmaker. 2001 was a defining point for film. Um, so that's yep. their... And talk about defining points for film. At 19, I've got Halloween, the the godfather of the slasher genre. It's so good. So good. Great score, yeah. great directing, John Carpenter. Although some of his newer stuff is bad, John Carpenter in the 80s, 70s was like, banger, banger, banger. You got like The Fog, Escape from New York, Halloween. That's good stuff. Um, they live... They live, of course. Yeah, I can't for. I... Yeah, Rowdy, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy, Roddy Piper in a horror movie is just too good of a concept. Um, and I love They Live. Sorry for missing that one. That one, I'm up. I'm like genuinely embarrassed. Came here to chew bubble gum and kick ass. And, and I'm, I'm all, all out of bubble gum. gum. <laughs> uh, at eight, love that. At eighteen, I've got Before Sunset. Maybe the trilogy that's made me cry the most in my life. Uh, the before yeah. movies are so great. They pull at my heartstrings so much. Um, I love romance movies. I'm a sucker for a romance movie. and I think we both are. Yeah. And the before trilogy is so good. I mean, Ethan Hawke is amazing. How can you not love Ethan Hawke? And it's Richard Linklater. I mean, it is. it has set itself up for destiny. Um, at yeah. 17, I have a movie that, upon rewatch, should be higher because it's a masterpiece. I've got Tommy Wiseau's The Room uh, at number yes. 17. Uh, yes. I mean, everything from the fact that they couldn't afford to use real paintings and have pictures of spoons all over the set to the, like, after seeing The Disaster Artist. Um, seeing that movie as a midnight movie with a rowdy audience is one of the best experiences I've ever had. I highly recommend it. It's yeah. so great. Yeah. And then at number 16, I have my last of my burst here. I've got American Psycho. Satire at its peak. Well, not at its peak. I've got a movie that is satirical. But satire at... You know what? No. Satire at its peak. This movie is up there. Uh... God, American Psycho makes me yeah. laugh so hard. Um, and I was watching it with someone who had never seen it before. So when you have some scenes in there that they're kind of like, whoa, this is, like, disturbing. His line delivery makes me gut laugh. Like, um, yeah. there's one line in that movie where he's like, where they're asking him where he was. And he's like, I was at a plane. Oh, Africa. Sweet Africa. It was a laugh riot. Just something about that makes me laugh. (laughs) And it's so good. It's so good. And man, I love that movie so much. Um, Yeah, that's my 16. And hot takes are still coming. Alright. I will get into my 20 through 16. At number 20, I have um, my second, oh, this might be my all-time favorite baseball movie. Oh, I know I where know. you're going, go then. Yeah. Um, I'm going Moneyball. Um, I think this script, anything written by Aaron Sorkin is unbelievable. I think besides the Coen brothers, he's the best script writer working today. Um, this movie is, it's about my favorite baseball team. I'm actually wearing the hat right now, the Oakland A's. Um, and it, you got Brad Pitt, you got, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you got Jonah Hill. I mean, you just got an absolutely stacked cast and, and it's, it's unbelievable. It's quick. It's smart. It's clean. It's sharp. I just, I love it. I love it so much. Um, so number 19, um, I have, uh, Indiana Jones, but not the one you would think. I have Indiana Jones and the kingdom of the crystal skull. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I just made some people very angry. You just gave no, me a I heart attack. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> people are like, ah, turning off. No, those people will never know. It's a joke. Um, I have Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, I've always been... Sorry. Got something in my throat. I've always been... Um, uh, I've always been a fan of Last Crusade more than I am of Raiders, which, which uh, people like that are hard to find. Um, so it's... I don't know. It's... 
the thing that elevates it above Raiders for me is the uh, chemistry between Sean Connery and uh, Harrison Ford. Uh, exactly. Thank you. Thank you. I had a brain fart. Um, yeah, Sean Connery and Harrison Ford's on-screen chemistry as a father and son is unbelievable. And that's what elevates it for me above Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, coming in at number 18, I have Hereditary. Uh, so this is my favorite Ari Aster film. Um, I have seen this film six times. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and it, it gets better with every watch. It really does. It's, I think it's Ari Aster's best piece of work. Um, and I, I think there's an argument that can be made for Bo's Afraid. Yeah. But I think it's his, I think it's his best piece, piece of work. Um, it's, it's, it's disturbing. Um, Tony Collette should have won a best act, at least gotten nominated for best actress for the, for her role as the mom in this movie. Uh, Alex Wolf did a great job as the son. Um, it's, it's, it's disturbing. It's unhinged. Uh, it has some absolutely stunning cinematography. Um, and I really appreciate a horror movie that can, and that ha also has a good script and has some really good emotional beats and, and has good acting and doesn't focus on just trying to scare you, uh, which I think Ari Aster is really good at. Uh, so that is why that is my number 18. Uh, at number 17, I have, in my opinion, the greatest superhero movie ever made, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Um, I just love everything about this movie. I've always been a sucker for daytime action. I think, I think out of any Marvel movie, this has the best choreographed fight scenes. Um, there's some dope hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes in this. I mean, you got Cap jumping out of the elevator. You got you got uh, you got him jumping out of the helicarrier. It, you got him jumping out of the plane without a pair. That's like the best part of the movie, where he jumps out and uh, Nat's like, "What? What are you ner What are you uh, too scared?" And he goes, "Too busy." And then jumps out the plane. And then uh, the guy's like, "Was he wearing a, Was he wearing a parachute?" And Romulo's like, no. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And it's like playing the winner, and it's like, dun, 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 and he like dives. It's just, oh, it's so good. Um, that was, yeah, I saw that movie four times in the movie theater. Uh, really? It's, it, I'm, I'm going on and on about this movie. I, I just, I love it so much. Um, and coming in at number 16 is Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox. This is my favorite Wes Anderson. Uh, this is another movie that I put in here, uh, most uh, partly because of nostalgia. I used to watch this movie all the time when I was a kid, and I think this is a great kids movie because you can find there's stuff you can find funny when you're a kid, and find really funny, and then there's stuff when you watch it as an adult that you find really funny that you didn't find funny when you were a kid, um, or you just didn't understand. It's it's like the same way with Ghostbusters. Um, oh, I should have put Ghostbusters on here. Ugh. Damn it. All right, it's fine. It's fine. I'll get over it. Um, but yeah, Fantastic Mr. Fox, that's my number 16. Jagger, why don't you take us through uh, your 15 through 11? I'm Sorry gonna... for talking so long about Winter Soldier. No, you're all good. Um, Winter Soldier deserves that kind of talk. Uh, all right, I'm going to bounce right off of your Wes Anderson and go to my favorite Wes Anderson. And this is where the hot takes come steamrolling through. Asteroid City. That is not a hot take. That is my second favorite Wes Anderson. Really? Okay. I've, I've, I, I'm a huge Wes Anderson guy. Um, that my Wes Anderson hot take is I have Grand Budapest Hotel at four stars. Um, um, but, and I know everybody has that, like four and a half or a five. I, I loved Asteroid City. I, I was absolutely blown away by that film. I think it was unbelievable. Um, and it's it the 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 only reason Fantastic Mr. Fox edges it out is because of the nostalgia. Um, Asteroid City. Uh, <laughs> okay, here's the thing about Asteroid City. Allow me to explain. I went to see it in theaters, and never have I had an experience where I had a smile on my face through the entire movie, and didn't want it to end because I didn't want to leave the theater with that kind of emotion. And that level of pure joy that I did with Asteroid City. Like, the second there's that shot where the train is going through, and you can see that Wes Anderson color palette for the first time in the whole movie, 
and you can feel the yeah. happiness that a Wes Anderson movie emits. From that point through the yeah. whole remainder of the 90 minutes, I was smiling. And it is so, yeah. so great, you know? Especially the scene where the alien comes down and she takes a picture and the alien goes, It's so I cute! Was, oh, it's... Exactly. I was laughing so hard. That was so funny. And the random appearance of Jeff Goldblum just popping in to say hello. Like, that's great. And there's one line in that movie, and I know I'm kind of having a Winter Soldier moment here. There's one line in that movie where they go, where, uh, what's his name? He's in every single Wes Anderson movie. Uh, Jason Schwartzman. Yeah, Jason Schwartzman goes backstage, and, um, he asks Edward Norton how he's doing, and he goes, uh, so there's too much eyebrow and too much business with the pipe. (laughs) And that made me laugh and laugh and laugh. Uh, And what's so great, and I wrote it down in my review, is as I left that theater with the biggest smile ever on my face, there was this old man that was walking out at the same time and said, that was the worst movie I've seen in my entire life. And he, like, stormed out so mad. That's (laughs) a valid take. Like, if you don't like Wes Anderson, you're going to hate. Hate it. Because it... It's it's the most Wes Anderson-y Wes Anderson movie. It's like, full it's like throttle Wes. Yeah, it, everything that makes Wes Anderson unique, like, to the maximum. <laughs> and I love it. So I was like, yes, give me more of this, please. Um, but I know it's not for everybody. It's very polarizing, I think. And that's why I've seen it three times since it came on Peacock, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> Next, um, comedy, pure comedy, super bad. God, is that movie good. Yes. Um, but I'm gonna keep it short and just say it's a masterpiece. Just keep it short, go to the next one because of my rant on Asteroid City. And my next one, A Night at the Roxbury. (laughs) Alright. If you haven't seen... If you haven't seen A Night at the Roxbury, it's a Saturday Night Live skit that did not need to get made into a movie that was made into a movie, and I'm so thankful it was made into a movie. Um, yeah, it is so stupid, but so great. Um, that's it. It's just stupid. It's like really, really stupid. Um, but not stupid, uh, is my next movie, a very, very smart comedy, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, a period piece of sorts and a movie that I loved so much. Uh, I did not love it as much when I first watched it, but then I watched it again and loved it so much that I immediately ran to um, the store and got the criterion of it because I felt that that was necessary um, because that's a movie that I regard very highly. Um, And my last movie in my section before we do our top, before uh, you do your 15 to 11, then we do our top 10s, Donnie Darko. I watched... Watching this movie in the middle of the night was a surreal experience like none other. It's so trippy, but if you pay attention, is a godsend narrative. Um, yeah, great peak peak movie. Yeah, and can I just say, is it Seth Rogen that plays the bully in that movie? <laughs> is it really? Wait, wait. I I believe it is. Patrick Swayze, no. Seth Rogen, Ricky Danforth. Oh my yeah, so god. Seth Rogen plays the bully in this movie, and it is the weirdest. Like, I, I really didn't understand his role in the movie just to be weird and be Seth Rogen. And it, it was just his role. It, yeah, that was such a. That's my only nitpick with that movie. That was such a miscast. God, he was awful. He was so bad in that movie. And I, yeah, I just want to comment on that. But yeah, otherwise, great film. Peak. All right. Go ahead, Trey. You're 15 to 11. I'm going to pull up your list here. Oh! Number 15. Wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. What? Before you say it, is that really your number 15? Yeah. 
Man, I've had it a four. One. I've had it a four and a half. Man, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. What? Go. Okay. Well, apparently Jagger doesn't know film. Um, <laughs> I have Whiplash at number fifteen, an absolutely stunning uh, piece of film. Um, you get great performances. Not even great. They're outstanding performances from both Miles Teller and J.K. Simmons. You get a great performance from Paul Reiser, um, who I think was very underrated in that movie. Um, it is a banging soundtrack. It's my favorite director. The cinematography is amazing. You're on the edge of your seat the whole time. The whole time. It's one of the most thrilling movies um, I've ever watched. Um, I would even go as far to consider this a sports movie. That that that's another hot take. I would go as far to consider this a sports movie. Really? Because you got this. You got this rookie underdog coming into this team. And 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 the coach the coach is like brings him in destroys him and 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 he's grinding he's grinding he's grinding him he's grinding and he and he and he and then he he finally dedicates himself too much to where he can't do it anymore and then he comes back for this big bold finale and wins the day you know um, and one thing I wanted to touch on that I think is a really interesting plot device in this film is uh, our opening scene we get Andrew Neiman who is played by Miles Teller. We get Andrew Neiman in a practice room playing the drums. He's wearing a white t-shirt. And then you have uh, J.K. Simmons. Um, oh, I can't remember his character's name. We have J.K. Simmons coming in, and he comes in in an all-black outfit, right? Um, Terrence representing Fletcher. The innocent... Yeah, Terrence, Terrence Fletcher. Fletcher. You have yeah. Fletcher coming in with an all-black outfit. Thank you, Jagger. Yeah. Um, and uh, the white that uh neiman is wearing represents the innocence and fletcher comes in in all black and by the end of that movie when uh miles teller kind of takes over the concert in the final scene also one of the best 10 minutes last 10 minutes in cinema history that is just unbelievable um he to miles teller he throughout the movie and all the in all the um concerts he's wearing black with a white shirt right so he's still kind of innocent, but he's starting to transfer over to like this dark, darker side of extreme dedication and obsession. And then by the end of the movie, he's wearing an all black outfit. Say, like uh, metaphorically saying he's given himself all the way to his passion. And I just think that's a really interesting plot device that they use in the film. Um, but that's enough out of me about Whiplash. Um, number 14, I have my all time favorite Western and my second favorite Tarantino. Uh, Django Unchained. This is the first ever Tarantino I watched. I was absolutely blown away when I watched this. It's funny. It is Christoph Waltz and Jamie Foxx both give unbelievable performances. Leonardo DiCaprio, in my opinion, gives his best performance in this film. Um, I mean, everybody knows the trivia of him slamming the glass on the table. Um, everybody's heard that story, especially if you've watched it with me. I'll pause and be like, hey, did you know... Um, but yeah, I just love it at, uh, number 13, some people I think will think I should have put this higher, but I just couldn't justify putting it any higher. Um, I have good fellas. Um, <clears throat> this is my favorite Scorsese. Um, I think this movie is almost perfect. Ray Liotta gives an absolutely outstanding performance. I won't say any more because Jagger unfortunately has not seen this one. Um, so we will talk about it once we get to that in our IMDb top 250 list. Um, all right, coming in at number 12, I'm just going to bust these last two out. We got The Social Network, great script, written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by David Fincher. Um, Jesse Eisenberg was born to play that role, yada, yada, yada. Um, coming in at number 11, I got the movie that I attribute with getting me into film, um, which is the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. Uh... That's my number 11. Uh, I also want to comment on the Jesse Eisenberg thing really quick. I watched a movie the other day yeah. called The Art of Self-Defense. Super underrated. It's on Max, and I had a great time with it. It's dark. It's funny. I had a, I had a really good time with that. So you should check that out at some point. Is it, is it Jesse Eisenberg? Yeah, it's Jesse Eisenberg. Um, okay. Yeah. I just I find it... him annoying in a lot of things, but Social Network, I feel like he was like born to be Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah. He has the look, too. Or you Lex know. Luthor. I loved him as Lex Luthor. Um, but have you seen the, the Squid and the Whale? It's a Noah Baumbach movie. The Squid and the Whale. 
Yeah, it has uh, him and Jeff Daniels. Oh, I love Jeff Daniels. Yeah. Well, you'll hate him in this movie. Oh. And Jesse Eisenberg. Don't make me hate Jeff Daniels. How could you? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Really oh, quick watch. Uh, it's a it's it's a really interesting movie. Oh, it's, I want. I'm... It's eighty-one minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts about that, um, because it's a really interesting movie that I think can be talked about for a long time. Um, but why don't you go ahead and we're gonna start doing uh, one for one. So why don't you give ahead and give us Jagger? What is your number ten movie of all time? My number ten movie of all time is one that we have dedicated an entire bit of our show to, The Shining. Uh, my third favorite Kubrick, third on this list. Um, God, is it great. It's magnificent. It's so good. There's like, I mean, <laughs> oh, it's going to sound so mean. Jack Nicholson looks like he was made to run around with an axe and cut up his family. I mean, that's... He really does. He has a creepy-looking face. <laughs> it's... We love you, Jack. You are an unbelievable actor. You are one of my favorites. I think you are one of the greatest all time. But you are perfect in a psychotic villain role. It's in his eyes to cut up his family. <laughs> and there's our explicit mark. <laughs> yeah, uh, if you are... Yeah. Excuse me. If you are Jack Nicholson's family and you are listening to this, run. Please. <laughs> Man, have you seen the new picture of Jack Nicholson? I mean, the guy is very old. Um, so I don't mean to disrespect him at all, but COVID yeah. hit him hard. I'm sure it hit everybody hard, man. Did you see DJ Khalid or Khalid? DJ Khalid. I saw a meme of him before COVID and <laughs> during COVID, and it said, uh, "We the best, more like we depressed." And I <laughs> laughed very hard at that. That's really funny. <laughs> Okay, The Shining, number 10. <laughs> the Shining is amazing. The twins are terrifying. Genuinely creepy movie. Really great. Great. My number 10 uh, is a movie I just recently watched for the first time. Um, it is, I believe, my only Paul Thomas Anderson on this list. Uh, my number 10 is Boogie Nights. Um, I think this movie, I think this is uh, the last time Mark Wahlberg gave, uh, was a good actor, which I think this was his first movie. Yeah. Um, so that really says something about Mark Wahlberg. Um, you have some great prosthetics in here. Um, <laughs> and not going any further on that topic. Uh, you, I mean, the cinematography is just absolutely unreal in this film. Um, I mean, Jagger can attest to it. He just watched it for the first time. And it's just like the, the way it's shot is just so, so good. John C. Riley was the standout performance for me. John C. Riley was and Philip Seymour Hoffman were both so funny in this movie. Um, if you haven't seen Boogie Nights, please go check it out. If you are okay with some nudity, not some, a lot of nudity. There's a lot of boobs. So if you're okay with that, go check it out. If you're not, don't watch it. Um, but it's a, it's an unbelievable movie. I want. Um, all right, Jagger. What's your number nine? I want to comment on really quick. Boogie Nights has a yeah, review sure. by Alex Coleman. Mm -hmm. um his Alex review has the best reviews his reviews whoa guys this film is nuts <laughs> and <laughs> it, Look, he has my favorite review of all time it's his review of uh the evil dead so the first evil dead movie and it says um it's like uh um he oh god give us your number nine while i look this up all What's right your number nine jagger my number nine is kind of a hot take uh it's a movie that i see some people give five stars some people give and this is not a joke i have mutuals that have given this one star i have a fair amount of mutuals actually that have given this one star i have a mutual that actually gave this two stars half a star i even see once i see a half a star rating of it um, my next movie is a movie that I watched for the first time yesterday and for the second time yesterday. It's a movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a movie called The Bling Ring. It is a true story. It is a fantastic cast. 
a fantastic soundtrack. And in my opinion, and I even wrote this in my review for my second review of it yesterday, I wrote down these exact words. Watching this feels like falling in love, a nearly perfect movie in my opinion. Watching it, I was mesmerized. I was enamored, I feel like is a good fitting word for it. There's a shot in the movie where it is a completely zoomed out shot of a house where you could just see silhouettes in the window of them running in, stealing things and running out. And there's something about that shot that like hit me. And it was the whole movie was great. Um, at the end, because it's just about, like, a group of, like, rich kid teenagers that decide, hey, let's go to a bunch of celebrities' houses and rob them while they're out and we'll never get caught. And they do. Yeah. And there's two moments. Um, there's number one, when Emma Watson's character says, let's go to Paris Hilton's house. Wait, I want Emma Watson is in it. Yeah. Um, oh my god, I'm watching that tonight. Yeah, and she says, because uh, they're referring I love to Emma Watson. <laughs> they're referring to go to going to Paris Hilton's house, and she says, "Let's go to Paris's. I want to rob." Um, that was really great. And there was also another part where Emma Watson's character, because uh, when they're getting like, well, if you've heard the true story, because it was on the news, when they're getting like caught. Emma Watson's character says, I'm excited for court tomorrow. Because when they're getting put on the news for something really bad, they just view it as clout. And there's something about the way that they portray it that's really, really good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if you do watch it tonight, let me know. It's so good. Yeah. Emma Watson, if you're listening to this, we'd love to have you on our podcast, please. Um, We would love to talk to you. Um, about the Harry Potter franchise um, and how it affected our childhoods. So please, come on our podcast. Uh, so that was your number nine? That's my number nine. And also, I just want to throw in, it's directed by Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. I'm finding this out right now. Um, Sophia Coppola? Yeah, it's Sophia Coppola. Um, God, I love her. She is so freaking talented. Lost in Translation is so good. That was That was her? Lost in Translation? Yeah, that's Sofia Coppola. I have Lost in Translation right over there on on the wall. Yeah. Man. That movie's peak, dude. Oh. Um, And she's doing doing the new uh, Priscilla Presley biopic. She's doing Priscilla. Maybe I have to check out Priscilla then. I didn't realize that stuff was I'm actually excited for. We were talking about this when we were recording with Gunch yesterday. uh, How biopics can kind of paint the celebrities like can paint them like better than they actually were in real life like better people um and uh they did a screening of priscilla for elvis's family and elvis's family hated it um and priscilla presley loved it so i think that's a really good sign i do not think i think they're going to be more true to how elvis actually was which was an alcoholic and a drug addict um elvis was up so i i'm actually really looking forward to that um, because I love her directing style as well. Um, Elvis right. was a- I'm going to go with my number nine. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was saying, yeah, Elvis was a bad dude, and the Elvis movie did not show that yeah, at all. a great dude. I hated Elvis, the movie. Ugh. Yeah, also, where was Tom Hanks from in that movie? What was that accent? <laughs> he was like, I'm from New Jersey, but he was talking like he had just gotten out of the Soviet Union. Colonel Tom, like, uh, Tom Parker. We're like, you're not, you're not from, you're not, you're not from New Jersey, Tom Hanks. We know this. Well, you look that up. I'm gonna go with my number nine. My number nine pick is uh, the first movie that ever made me sob, like, cry hard for like 15 or 20 minutes after. Oh, sorry, little hiccup there. Is Spike Jones's Her. Uh, Her, I don't know if you've seen it, Jagger. Um, I have this at five stars. This is almost a flawless movie for me. Jo- Joaquin Phoenix gives an outstanding performance, just as usual. He is, I think, the best actor working today, right up there with Christian Bale. Um, uh, I never knew I could fall in love um, with a voice. 
but you fall in love with Scarlett Johansson's voice during that movie. Amy Adams gives a super underrated supporting performance. Um, Rooney Mara is great for like the three scenes that she's in. Um, the cinematography specifically in this, Spike Jones is just really talented with his cinematography and his color palettes. Um, so that was, that was really interesting. And again, the last 15 minutes of this movie, without fail, every time I've watched it, I'm just like a mess in my room, just sobbing. Um, and I think it's really interesting because there are some people out there, like my mom, who take this movie as a metaphor to how addicted we are to technology. And then there's some people out there like me who take this movie as like a love story. It's like a romance. Um, so it's just interesting talking to people about this movie because there's a lot of different opinions about it. But yeah, that's my number nine. Uh, Jagger, you want to come out with the, uh, your number eight? Um, yeah, I also want to see uh, how well you know Spike Jones. He's known for directing her. He's known for directing being John Malkovich. Not so... Yeah, not so well known for being one of the leading names behind the Jackass movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah, always I find... Love, I love everything he does. I always find that to be really funny, because when you watch something like her or being John Malkovich, you wouldn't think, oh, this is probably the guy that does Jackass. Um, but he is. Yeah. Uh, my number eight yeah. um, is a movie that, again, made me cry and cry and cry, because it really pulled on my heartstrings. Maybe my highest romance movie on here? Before Sunrise. I had Before Sunset before. <laughs> before Sunrise is a hot take. I like it way more. Um, dialogue is amazing. Chemistry is amazing. And yeah, it that's is what I've heard. It's so great. Um, and yeah, that's all I really have to say about it. So I'll just go right and pass it back right. to you for your number yeah, eight. For, for my number eight, uh, which it's something that you already mentioned earlier, but I regard much more higher than you do. Um, it is my number one Tarantino. I have Pulp Fiction. I think this movie is immaculate. Um, you never know what's going on, and it's perfect. It all comes together at the end, which is, which I love. Every character is so interesting, and you're so invested in there's There's like 15 main characters in this movie. You're so invested in all of them. Um, it's insanely quotable. Um, English, motherfucker, do you speak it? Like Sam L. Jackson in that first like 10 minutes is just outstanding. Um, you have a banging soundtrack. You have banging directing. Quentin Tarantino is just a master of what he does, and 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 I look up to him so much as hopefully a future filmmaker. I just want to be like, I just he is he is outstanding in my opinion. Um, so yeah, that's my number eight. Jagger, what is your number seven? All right, my number seven is another hot take here. Uh, God, um. My number seven is my second favorite Stanley Kubrick, a really weird movie, and again, one that is not going to be for everyone at all. Uh, a movie that you, you, not something you want to be the one who introduces people to it. I've never recommended this to someone. I don't think I ever will. Eyes Wide Shut. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah. The most unrecommendable movie, because who do you want to be the one? One of my who... favorite reviews of this is 1999, A Sex Odyssey. <laughs> because that's literally what it is. There is a heinous amount of sex in this movie. So if you if that makes you uncomfortable, my grandpa watches my grandpa listens to this man. <laughs> Oh, sorry, Jagger's grandpa. I'm sorry. I forgot about that. My apologies. To, uh, we love you. Thank you for supporting the podcast. Well, now he's going to hear that, and now he's not going to look me in the eyes for a week. Uh, <laughs> um, Trust me, your grandpa will find this funny. Yeah, he will. He will. <laughs> All right. Yeah, great, great movie. Who wrote that review? I want to like that. I feel like that's very funny. I don't know. I can't. It's one of my mutuals um, that I follow, like, in my Discord. I don't know who did it. Um, I'll find it later, and I'll send it to you. Um, but why Why do you love that movie so much? Why do I love that movie so much? Um, oh, I found it. I found it. Uh, 
the thing about Eyes Wide Shut is that it's kind of like an onion, you know? You peel back all the layers and it just gets more and more interesting, you know? It's a yeah. very layered film. On the outside, it looks like 1999 A Sex Odyssey. It's just a really weird movie with a very bizarre party scene in the middle. Um, but when you oh, peel back, so but when you peel back more layers, it's a movie about an un, an unhappy relationship that yeah is fighting with each other, lying to each other, trying to make each other jealous, as is obvious yep. in the movie. But that it's actually about a failing relationship and one's attempt to put it all back together. Like the password being the Latin word for faithfulness, like Fidelio. Mm -hmm. And all of these really interesting things that you might not pick up on on one watch, might not pick up on 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 two watches. I picked up on all of it upon three watches. It just gets better and better every time. Again, a movie I would not recommend to anyone because that's weird. (laughs) But a great, great movie. Alright, yeah, what's your number seven? Oh, yeah, sorry, that's my turn. I spaced out there for a second. Um, yeah, number seven, something you've already mentioned at your number ten. I have uh, The Shining. It's my number one horror of all time. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time about uh, on this because Jack already did. Um, yeah, Jack Nicholas gives uh, a top five performance of all time. Uh, um, Shelley Duvall is great. The cinematography in this, this is the first movie in cinema history to use uh, the tracking shot. So the shot they use when they're following Danny down the halls on his big wheel, this is the first piece in cinema history to use that type of shot in like a mainstream feature film. Um, so there's a little piece of trivia for you. Um, I just think this movie is outstanding. Not too much else to say. Jagger, why don't you give us your number six film? My number six is, in my opinion, the best biopic of all time. Because when you talk about biopics, things come up like Bohemian Rhapsody, Elvis, um, things like yeah. that. But my number one biopic of all time is back-to-back movies from 1999. Jim Carrey is not known for his dramatic roles, but he should be known for Man on the Moon. Yep. Um, Andy Kaufman is someone that I idolized as a child, which is kind of weird. Um, <laughs> but I have a funny story. I went into an audition, and the guy said, do an impersonation. And one kid did Crocodile Dundee. Uh, uh, one kid God, did Darth, so lame. One kid did Darth Vader. Um, and then I walked up to the little microphone that they had set up, being like an eight-year-old child, and they were probably expecting... I don't know what they were expecting, but I said, Hello, I am Andy Kaufman, and I am going to do a show for you. And he looked at me with a deep look of confusion. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, Uh, how do you know that? And I looked at him and I said, Man on the Moon. And he looked back at me really confused and said, Keep going. I never ended up booking that role. They gave it to the Crocodile Dundee kid, if you were interested. Oh, but... I can do that. <laughs> you gotta come up with something really obscure. And I did, and it was very original, yeah. and they'd probably never like, seen want... that before. <laughs> John Hamm does an impression of Ray Romano playing golf. It's, it's So he'll like go, Ah, ah, be right, you know, and it's just like funny stuff like that, you know, but that's a great uh, number six. Uh, Do you have anything else you want to say about it or can I do you want me to do mine or what do you want to do? It's an underrated gem. Watch it. That's all I can say. Yeah. All right. My number six is not an underrated gem. It is a properly rated gem. Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Um, this is just... This movie is almost four hours long. I did it all in one sitting. I couldn't turn it off. I was up till four in the morning watching this. And... It's, it's so... It's so good. 
it's 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 unbelievable. Jagger, you good, dude? <laughs> I've never seen a Harry Potter movie or a Lord of the Rings movie. <laughs> what? Okay, well, we we need to get you on that. We need to we need to. Oh, what would you do first? How how much of a dork are you into like that fantasy kind of stuff? Like kind of or like really? There's a reason I've never watched them. Not at all. Okay, well we'll do you'll do we'll do Harry Potter first. We'll do Harry Potter first. We'll do some watch parties, um, and we'll do uh, Harry Potter. Um, those movies are peak cinema. They are really fun. They are really fun. And then we'll do Lord of the Rings because Lord of the Rings are unbelievable. Um, all right, we're going to move on from that. Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, number six. I've Jagger, also... go ahead with your number five. You and your illness takes. Another illness take. I've also never seen any of the Star Wars prequels. I've only seen the main six. That's good. Those movies are bad. They're no bad? Let anybody tell you. It, they're good. They're like a good bad. No, they're not. They're just bad. Even Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is like the worst one. They're bad. Don't. I feel I, bad. I'm talking to all the Star Wars fans out here. I'm not scared of you. They are bad. Okay, unfollow us. Unsubscribe to us if you want. Wait, 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 wait. I've heard people say that they're better than the original trilogy, so don't unfollow us. Don't unfollow us, please. <laughs> the prequels are the worst I would rather watch the sequels that includes the rise of Skywalker than watch the prequels again yeah uh don't go dissing the sequels or Gunch will never come on again I love I do enjoy the sequels I enjoy Force Awakens I enjoy The Last Jedi just not the rise of Skywalker the prequels though are bad alright but don't unfollow us please I was kidding just know that you're wrong okay um number five is Sorry, my I'm rant there Ah, you're all good. Number five is my favorite Stanley Kubrick movie. Uh, a movie that I did not mean to watch, um, but when I did watch it, I was very glad I did. A Clockwork Orange is a crazy, crazy movie. It is a wild experience. It is a movie that does not feel like two hours and 17 minutes at all. It is a movie that feels like 90 minutes. And it has one of the most insane first acts ever to be put to a movie. Because um, if we already have an explicit mark, I might as well explain. The first 30 minutes of the movie are just Alex and his gang. And they're trying to make... Because Malcolm McDowell is a likable guy, right? So the first whole opening bit of this movie is just them saying, hey, hate him, please, by having him do the most r rancid of things. Um, I believe mm -hmm. if you've been on TikTok at all, you've seen the singing in the rain scene at least once. Have you? No, and I don't want to because I want to watch it. Okay. Man, I got that scene spoiled for me. Uh, God. No. I won't yeah, say... Okay. I won't say anything. I don't want it spoiled for me. I won't. I won't. It is Chaos Incarnate. It is a phenomenal film. And it is so, so great. While also being visually yeah. stunning. Man, what a movie. What a movie. Yeah. And that's the right. sat that's coming in satire. At yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your number five? Yeah. yeah, yeah All yeah. right. Coming in at my number five. Uh, I absolutely. Oh. Um, yeah. So my number five. Is the Iron Giant. This is my all-time favorite animated film. It's absolutely stellar. Um, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, Jagger, what's your number five? Oh, I already said my number oh, five. My number five, already... my number five was yeah. What's your number four? My number four is Boyhood, an absolute feat of filmmaking. I love Richard Linklater, and I watched this movie and was enamored by it. So yeah, that's why it's my number four. And also Ethan Hawke. Yeah, enough said. Yeah. Um, so my number four is The Nice Guys. I think this is the most immaculate comedy to come out of the last 20 years. Um, this movie is unbelievable. It's funny. The cinematography is really interesting. The writing is really interesting. The color scheme is great. Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe have great on-screen chemistry. I just, I love it. I love it so much. 
Um, it's my second most logged film on Letterboxd. Um, so, I yeah, I love it. Um, Jagger, what's your number three? My number three is The Warriors. The top three. Uh, it's, uh, it's insane. It's 70s. It's gritty. It's fun. It's just a great, great time. Uh, I've seen it uh, quite a few times. Super rewatchable. Just great. Yeah. Um, so my number three is Oppenheimer. I was absolutely blown away by this film. It actually didn't really... So I'm into my... My top three are all 100 out of 100. They're the, my only three movies that I've done that with. Um, it actually didn't get up to 100 out of 100 until the third watch. Um, it I saw it three times in the theater. And it's just... it's It keeps me engaged the entire time. Sure, it's a three-hour film, but it does not feel like that. Um, and the cinematography is outstanding. The script is outstanding. Everything is just so good. Um, and, and yeah, that's why it's my number three. Jagger, give us your number two. My number two is the comedy horror masterpiece, Sam Raimi's Evil Dead 2. It's chaos. It's great. It's so, so cheesy. Super campy. Yeah. Great time. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, coming in, my number two is the uh, romantic comedy with Dom Hall Gleason, uh, Bill Nighy, and Rachel McAdams, About Time. I think this movie depicts love in the most perfect way. Uh, it's heartbreaking, but also uh, hopeful and beautiful at the same time. It has some great cinematography. Uh, Dom Hall Gleason is a criminally underrated actor. Everything about this movie is great. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I guess we're getting to our number ones. Jagger, what is your number one movie of all time? Um, my number one movie is a movie that was recommended to me. I would have never watched it if it wasn't for yeah. the recommendation. And it is a movie that I love with my whole heart. It is a coming-of-age true masterpiece. And you talk about your 100 out of 100s. This is my 110 out of 100. This is the perks yeah. of being a wallflower. Not, oh, not yeah, right, though not a flaw on it truly truly impeccable yeah and trey yeah, i couldn't agree more um you're coming one. in at trey arzy's one one i think we all already know what this is i talk about this movie enough on this podcast go right um ahead. The, again this is my 110 out of 100 it's 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 a beyond perfect film um it's it's like so happy and so heartbreaking at in the matter of two hours it's visually stunning the soundtrack is the best soundtrack of all time i will die on that hill the two main actors have some of the best chemistry on-screen chemistry i've ever seen um everything is so intentional to the film and the meaning and and and, and the messages uh down to the color of their clothes and the way it looks um and that is damien chazelle's masterpiece la la land um, I, this is my most logged movie on Letterboxd. I could watch this movie once a week and never get bored. Um, it's just so, it's so perfect. Um, but that concludes our episode today, I think. Um, so if you're listening to this, uh, again, on Friday, we will be coming out, uh, with another episode of Seth's film reviews from TikTok. Um, we will be reviewing, uh, Jagger's number. Oh wait, no. I thought you said 400 blows. We support doing a wallflower. We yeah. will be reviewing uh, another coming of age film, uh, 400 blows, um, and then on Tuesday we will be uh, releasing an episode that we recorded yesterday with uh, Film Gunch, um, reviewing the uh, 1934 romantic comedy classic. Uh, it happened one night. So if you want to watch those uh, before those episodes. Um, we would love that. Um, we love the support. Um, well, thank you for listening. You can find me on TikTok at Trey the Film Noob. Um, you can find me on Letterboxd at Trey Arzy. Um, actually, I might switch that to just Trey the Film Noob to make things easier. Um, I don't think a lot of people will know how to spell my last name. You can find me under Jagger's. Jagger has, has I follow Jagger and he follows me. So just look under his followers. I'm on there somewhere. Um, you can find him on TikTok at Jagger. Is it movie reviews or is it film reviews? I think it's movie reviews. Film reviews. Oh, I always say movie reviews. You can find him at Jagger Film Reviews um, and uh, at Letterboxd at Jagger Pot Pie. Um, thank you again for joining us today at the Average Film Enjoyer podcast. 
I just got this brand new microphone uh, for my birthday, so hopefully I sound a little bit better than I usually do. Um, and, and I meant to say it at the beginning of the episode, but then you decided to lead. So this is Trey's birthday episode. Happy birthday, man! Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. So now I all of now all of you are legally required to follow our podcast and subscribe to yeah, us we'll and like you this. We'll sue you. We know where all of you live. No, we don't. We're kidding. We address. We're both hackers, man. We'll sue you. Yeah. Uh, no. uh, subscribe to our uh, podcast wherever you're listening. Um, and uh, leave us a review. Leave us a five-star review. Leave us, I think we, you can do surveys on Spotify now. Um, answer those. We'd love to answer your questions on the podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube, so please like, comment, and subscribe. We are going to be trying to respond to everyone's uh, comments as long as they are film-related on this podcast. Um, so leave a question you want us to talk about, something you want us to talk about um, in a future episode, and we will try to get to it. Um, but again, thank you for joining us today on the Average Film Enjoyer podcast, and we hope to see you next time.